This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time college All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. And I have got my buddy John Pearl sitting right next to me. Pearly, good morning. Good morning, Jay. Ready to go. Man, what a show and what a great time of year for golf. Father's Day. Well, first of all, Pearl, happy Father's Day to you and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Man, my dad, Jim Delsing, probably having a cocktail up upstairs with your dad. Uh, I miss both big John Perlis Sr. And, and, and Jim Delsing, too. Um, Really cool men. A lot of great times in golf, and this is a special time for me and my dad because this is the time of year we went up fishing in Canada every year. So uh, between COVID and, and uh, my dad passing away, uh, those trips have been dwindling, um, which is really, really hard. But what fond, fond memories, just fantastic times. And your dad was up there with you and, and my dad a couple times, and we just had a great, great time. So it's a special time of year. Yeah, it, it really, really is. Um, so we formatted the show like around the golf. The first uh, segment of the show is called the On the Range segment, and it's brought to you by the Gateway section of the PGA. And guys, thanks so much for joining the show again. There's over 300 men and women working across the area to just uh, do all the little things to make golf so great. We really appreciate it. It's been one hell of a volatile week in the world of golf. A lot of things to talk about here, but having the PGA section here, the Gateway section support the show, we really appreciate it. Having Jeff Thornhill support the show, the TP5 Golf Balls guys, just send me an email, jay at jdelsongolf.com. Put balls somewhere in the subject or the title or somewhere in the in the body of the email, and you'll have a chance to win a dozen TP5 Golf Balls. That's jay at jdelsongolf.com. And we are thanking Bob and Kathy Donahue, 314-805-2132. Folks, these guys will take care of your home, the inside, the outside, Check them out online. Look at the stuff that they do for their staircasing. It's beautiful. Give them a call, 314-805-2132. All right, John, I have an interview with Casey Martin this week, and it, it still takes my breath away to think about this interview. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's an intense interview, but this is such a well-read guy. Has so much happened to him. If you don't know, Casey Martin played at University of Stanford with Tiger, Nota Begay was a couple-time All-American there, uh, played a year on the PGA Tour, had a, a disability, kind of a um, birth defect in his right leg where the blood flow wasn't quite right and circulation was all screwed up, and so he had a, an ailment there. But uh, I'll, I'll just stop there. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, that it's really uh, an interesting interview. I'm going to do the tip of the cap. The tip of the cap is brought to you by our friends, Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. Man, these are great guys. Colin, thanks so much. Colin, happy Father's Day, 314-966-0303. Today's a no-brainer. We're tipping our caps to our dads, our stepdads, all of the parents, the dads out there. Dads, thanks so much. I miss my dad every single day. I know you do too, Pearl. Thanks to the dad just for caring, for giving a damn, for all going, taking us to our practices, for for all of the things that you did, but for me in particular to my dad. Thank you for the example. Couldn't be 
half the person I am today without the example of you, Dad, showing me the way. So I really, really appreciate that. That's the tip of the cap. It's brought to you by Dean Team, Volkswagen of Kirkwood, and Colin Burnt, 314-966-0303. That's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be back with a Casey Martin interview and lots more Golf with Jay Delson. On the Range with Jay Delsing is brought to you by TaylorMade. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is coming up. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Burke. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean Team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. For golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf, log on to GolfWithJayDelsing.com. The front nine is coming up. Okay, folks, I think it's safe to say we're all ready to get back to some sort of normal life. And for me, that means I want to travel. AAA Travel is your one-stop shop for all of your travel needs. You feel like a cruise? Well, no problem. How about an all-inclusive trip to a beach somewhere in Mexico? AAA has got you covered. How about a trip to the Florida Keys, Las Vegas, or even Pebble Beach? All of that is just a click away. When I was a kid, my dad used AAA and their Triptych map service to get us to his home state of Wisconsin every year. We also used their wonderful roadside assistance in the middle of nowhere. Illinois when we had car trouble. But listen up, AAA is so much more and has so much more to offer you and your family. They take care of everything. I mean everything for you and your vacation. When you're ready to travel, do it with confidence. Contact a AAA advisor today and go to AAA.com backslash travel for all of your travel needs. It's time for the Gateway PGA Section Spotlight. Here's Jay Delsing. Sitting down this morning with my dear friend, Sue Rector with PGA Reach. Sue, good morning. Good morning, Jay. How are you doing? I am doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. It's summer and I'm golfing, so life is good. Let's talk today a little bit about Reach. Give the folks that don't know about Reach just some background and, and tell them some of the things that you guys have got going on. Well, thanks for this opportunity, Jay. PGA Reach Gateway Foundation is the philanthropic arm of the Gateway PGA section. And we have three pillars of service in our section. And our section is really, it's really big. It's, it goes into Southern Illinois. It goes up to Quincy. It goes out to Lake of the Ozarks, goes down to Cape Girardeau. So our team is really active in all of the areas of our section, but military is one of our pillars. And our focus there is our PJ Hope clinics. We just finished one here at Lake Forest Country Club that I was involved in. And it's just giving veterans, um, both veterans that have disabilities, but also veterans that are not disabled 
disabled a chance to either learn how to play the game or enhance their game. And it's a six-week program. We have seven programs going on in the spring. We'll have more in the fall. And our second pillar is our is our youth pillar, and it's it's growing the game through our junior tour activities. We've got a developmental tour, which is for the younger kiddos to just really enjoy the game and then more competitive junior tour. We've had so many young golfers sign up this year, Jay, that we're actually running two junior golf tournaments, typically um, three times a week out there in the community all over our section. And then our third pillar is our inclusion pillar. And it's it's about providing access to the game to people who maybe not be able or who have not ever had a chance to play the game. So that includes our programs in North St. Louis. And it also, we've got a really exciting initiative this year. It's called PGA ABLE. And our acronym for ABLE stands for Abilities Beyond Life's Expectations. And we're going to be going out, and we haven't gotten started yet because of the pandemic, but this summer, late in the summer and in the fall, we're going to start with programs teaching the game of golf, having fun with the game of golf with um, individuals who um, might have some physical or mental challenges. So we're really excited about that. And our inclusion pillar also, it incorporates our PGA Works Fellow, and that's someone who we bring on our staff that it's actually a, a position that's paid for by the PGA of America. And it's someone who has come from a diverse background. And we're just trying to um, bring the game of golf to um, diverse um, populations. That's kind of a, a quick overview of what PGA Reach Gateway Foundation is all about. Too, there's so much to unpack there. And unfortunately, we don't have time to unpack all that. But I love the fact that you've got so many different avenues for so many folks to get involved in this great game. We do. And, you know, some people say you all do so much, but, you know, honestly, Jay, we are aligned with the PGA of America's national philanthropy. If people go online, they will see the PGA of America. They have all, you know, they have the same pillars that we do. And just a little um, fun fact, um, PGA REACH, the acronym REACH, was started here in St. Louis by some really smart people at Bell Reeve and also the Gateway PGA section back whenever um, they were looking at ideas to attract the 100th PGA championship here. And the, the section had a foundation already, but then it was rebranded PGA REACH at that time. And REACH's acronym stands for Recreation, Education, awareness, community, and health. And all of those things, we feel all of our programs um, encompass all of those different areas. Oh, they absolutely do. You have the great Ozzy Smith, who couldn't be a better ambassador for the city, for golf, for inclusion, for every single thing. And um, it's just fantastic. This is Sue Rector. She heads up PGA Reach here in St. Louis. Sue, please give your best to your husband, Mel. Please keep doing all that you're doing, and we'll have to have you on the show sometime again soon. Thank you, Jay. Thanks so much for the opportunity to tell you about what we're doing at PGA Reach Gateway Foundation. That was the Gateway PGA Section Spotlight. Coming up, a compelling visit with Casey Martin. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. 
I am proud to welcome the Gateway section of the PGA back to my show. Whether you're pulling into your favorite driving range, public golf course, or country club, there is an excellent chance that the staff there is part of the over 300 men and women PGA professionals at over 100 facilities that make up our Gateway section. I grew up watching so many of these fine men and women getting to the golf course at dawn, leaving at dusk, spending their entire day running events, giving lessons, and growing this great game. PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Hope, and the fantastic PGA Junior League are a few of the examples of the programs run by these same PGA professionals. Go to gatewaypga.org to learn more or to find your next PGA professional for your next lesson, go to pga.com. The Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is presented by the Ascension Charity Classic, September 5th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. For tickets, ascensioncharityclassic.com. Hey, we're back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. We're headed to the Front Nine. The Front Nine is brought to you by our good friends, man, the Ascension Charity Classic. Folks, this September, it's going to be at Norwood Hills. The best players in the world over 50 are all going to be in St. Louis again this year. What a fun event it's going to be. November or September 5th through 11th, the Advocate PGA event. It's going to be at Glen Echo that same week. The winner of that Advocate PGA event gets an exemption into the Mayacoma Worldwide Technologies event down in Playa del Carmen. All right, Pearl, let's talk a little LIV first and foremost. Wait a second, wait a second. Do we call it LIV, do we call it LIV, or do we call it the Saudi Arabian Golf Tour? Yeah, I mean, yeah, think of it, right. Think of the new terms that have come out this week. Sports washing, the Saudi Golf League, the, you know, the, the PGA Tour is deliberately calling it the Saudi. They want Saudi and the Saudi Arabian government to be associated with this tour because of the atrocities and the things that happened to Khashoggi and things like that. It's 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 a very interesting way to kind of position it. They make their point and their position clear, I guess. I think there's a lot more dirt getting thrown around behind the scenes. I hope it stays behind the scenes. I just don't like to see golf get muddled in this kind of st- the other th- stuff. Some of the other sports with their strikes and their other issues get kind of dirty. And, and I just wish golf could stay away from this. If they want to fight like cats and dogs behind the scene, go for it. I think there is some fighting yeah, I mean, for, for Rory to come out and say what he said as far as just the dig to Norman that, you know, he's got more wins on the tour now than Norman's got. I was surprised at that, but that just tells me that there's a lot more spite and angst and frustration behind the scenes than we're seeing, and I hope they keep it there. Yeah, there's no no doubt about that. Though. Folks, if you didn't catch it, Rory was interviewed after shooting 62 on Sunday and, and defending successfully defending the RBC Canadian Open title. Uh, they played Royal St. George's, which is a or St. George's, which is a great golf course up there in Toronto. And uh, one of his comments was, "Now I, my 21st PGA Tour went. Gosh, the crowds pro were ridiculous, but the 21st PGA Tour went in. And he goes and he said specifically, I have one more than somebody, one more win than somebody else.' And we all know Greg Norman's got 20 PGA Tour wins." And so um, that was kind of a like a, a go ahead and um, take a look at this, Greg. So. The, the thing is, here's my, here's my last take. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things coming true. I think the tour's in trouble in certain aspects. I don't know from the independent contractor point of view how you're going to be able to keep people out. On the other side of the fence, on the independent contractor format, you don't have to hire someone. 
Yeah, we've talked about this. I don't know all the other underworkings. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth and wrangling all over the place. It might go on for years if it starts hitting the courts. But that's why I hope they keep it behind the scenes. Jay, there's so much good going on the tour right now. And I, and I, I want to just, you started saying something about the Canadian Open. Well, what they call the one hole, the rink, the 16th hole. I mean, that's so Canadian. It, it is so, so Canadian. Well, what do we have up next? What we're going to do next is we're going to go to this Casey Martin interview. So folks, for you that don't know Casey Martin, he right now is, is currently the head golf coach at the University of Oregon. He played his college golf at Stanford. He played a year on the PGA Tour. He's also been born with a birth defect in his right knee, uh, right leg. This is a smart guy. This is kind of a tragic story, but hopefully uh, with a light at the end of the tunnel. But let's go listen to the first half of the Casey Martin interview. I look back when you earned your PGA Tour card, and I want to get into that stuff, but let's talk a little bit about growing up in Eugene, Oregon. For folks that don't get to go to the Northwest, what a beautiful spot, and there's some great golf courses up there. Yeah, you know, um, there are, and I've been able to travel the world and see a bunch of different places, and I'm, I'm always thankful when I come home. There's a lot of positives, huge Douglas fir trees and rivers and stuff. It's it's very scenic and it's 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 got a climate. We get a bad reputation for rain and it's partly true. It, well, not partly true. It does rain here, but it also brings a freshness and a and a and a. It's just a very green. It's it's a cool place and and I was fortunate to grow up. Uh, my dad was a member at Eugene Country Club and so I grew up on this golf course with just these towering fir trees and really fast greens. It was super fun. And um, I didn't realize how good it was until I started traveling around and you come back, you're like, wow, I, I, I had it pretty good. So I'm um, very grateful to grow up here and be really connected to the university here and, and all the people. It's been, it's been good. And before that, you played at the University of Stanford. You had a great career, a couple time All-American. What most people don't know, you were also an academic All-American. And then you got to spend a little time with one of my favorite people in the whole world, Noda Begay. I just love that guy. Yep, yep I do too. Noda and I were tight. We redshirted a year, so we spent five years together. And I still consider him a close friend today. He's just, he's the best. And I love my time at Stanford. It was, it was an amazing time. You know, it's obviously a great school but great golf area awesome culture down there and got to play with Noda and, and Tiger and, and many others and and uh, consider that really one of the highlights of my life for sure. So Case you guys have obviously great players Noda's won four times on the PGA Tour you're a PGA Tour member and played a, a, about 45 43 events or so and you know that's just you just don't fall off a log and have that happen when Tiger came on the scene with you guys because I know you and Noda both redshirted I think you redshirted your <laughs> third year so that you guys could play with tiger what was it like yeah you know um we did have a sense certainly it was back in you know the early or mid 90s so you know social media wasn't a thing you you learned about people kind of grassroots back in the day you know and we had heard about tiger um and noted knew him from competing against him a little bit but i never did prior to college but when he showed up Noda and I were all Americans, and, and I remember it was the three of us. It was Noda, myself, and Tiger went and played a golf course called Sharon Heights, which is a good golf course up above Stanford. And he literally took it apart. The greens were punched, so you weren't making a lot of putts, but he didn't miss a fairway, didn't miss a shot. 
And after the round, I got in the car with Noda, and he just looked at me and was like, well, what did we just witness? <laughs> and I, I remember it was like, it, I mean, he made us, I mean, it was on such a different level than, than, than Noda and I. And we were, you know, nice players, but he was just, he was a freak. So much better, even at 17 or 18. And, and I remember playing with him that year. It's just the shots he hit, and it was, it was just way different. I think if you go to a PGA Tour range back in the day, everyone's great, obviously. But there's only a few guys that really stand out like, wow, you know, it's just different. He's always been one of those guys. It's mesmerizing to watch just the sound and the power and the speed is just, it's something to behold. So um, it was really fun to get to play with him, get to know him. We had quite a run um, that year with him. So it was good. And you guys were the NCAA champions though the year before that, before Tiger got there, I think, weren't you? Yeah, we did. We had this amazing run where down in Texas, we were able to beat Justin Leonard in Texas down there on kind of their backyard and, and win it before Tiger showed up. And we, actually you know lost in a playoff with tiger but the, i mean we had a, an epic run of winning and, and almost winning we were the number one ranked team that whole year with tiger and and oklahoma state had an amazing team and they nipped us in a playoff but um looking back it was just it was a it was an amazing experience i got to learn um so many things just learning to compete with these guys and learning to believe and learning to hold your weight with them, you know, when you're on a team and not trying to let them down. I mean, that was an amazing experience. And, and I think it really formed um, a lot of my desire to get back to do that. When I was kind of coming off the tour, I was thinking like, what was I going to do? Um, that always stuck with me. I had such a great experience that I kind of, um, wanted to stay in it in that way. And so here I am coaching. Let's talk a little bit about that, Casey. Congratulations on your 16th year at the helm of yeah. uh, the University of Oregon. I know that um, Stanford, the University of Stanford, kind of they were kind of trying to, to woo you, but you went back to your grassroots. You went back home and you have created a powerhouse there with Oregon. You won the NCAA championship in 2016, which you're one of only three coaches to do it as a player and as a coach, and uh, gosh, that's got to feel good, man. It does. It's it's an unbelievable feeling to be able to come home to where I live, Eugene, Oregon, and a school that I love. Even though I didn't go to Oregon, my family lineage to Oregon is deep, and so I've been a duck all my life, even though I went to Stanford. And so to be able to bring some of the things I've learned and just sell what Oregon has, Oregon is, is a lot different now than it was when I was a kid. It's due to Phil Knight and Nike and what they've given to Oregon. It's on another level than what it was when I was a kid. So it's been fun to be able to share that with going out recruiting and trying to sell people to come to Oregon because we're a little bit off the grid compared to where the, the bulk of the elite golfers are, you know, in Southern California or Texas or Florida. But we've got a great thing to offer them and we've had an awesome run. I've had some just some amazing players and it's been really, really Fun. Casey, one of the things that people don't really understand that I want you to talk a little bit about is that, is that you started this movement at, at a place like Oregon that is not your prototypical golf powerhouse. And because of some indoor facilities, because of some of the new technology, there's universities that work so what, as you said, off the grid that are now popping up, turning out great players and having great teams because of some of these Phil Knight type people that are building these facilities and giving these kids indoor 
opportunities to work on the game when the weather's lousy. You you nailed it. And golf in college, there's been an arms race the last 20 years in facilities with practice facilities, golf courses, and to your point, indoor facilities. And so now you're you're getting schools that wouldn't be your you wouldn't think would be your your top choices necessarily. But what's gone on too? There's a lot of levels. I think of a team like Illinois, right? And they're just they've been dominant for the last 10, 15 years under Mike Small, and and they have amazing facilities. They built everything you can imagine. And now they, we can really recruit internationally quite easily. I think 20, 30 years ago, it was hard. But with the last 20 years with the internet, you go on, you can check. I mean, there's, the ease of what you can do that now has been so increased. So it's just more doable to go get these kids from that aren't your typical, well, you said they're just, it used to be maybe 30 years ago, Illinois would recruit the state of Illinois or Oregon would recruit Oregon and you get your local kids and you go compete. You know, it's fun. It's good. Now it's international and, and the facilities can, can attract these kids from all over. And so you're starting to see that with programs that aren't necessarily, it's not Arizona, Arizona State, and Texas all the time because of the weather. It's these other schools. So it's been really fun to be part of that and to have uh, some amazing teams uh, up at Oregon. And, and uh, it feels good because you still feel a little bit like the underdog when you go up against some of those schools. And and I, I love that. And, and we kind of feed on that. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm visiting with Casey Martin. He is currently the uh, head golf coach at the University of Oregon. Casey, what's interesting, you start thinking about attractions and things that you're you're gonna, going to tell these kids. And I know what sort of humility you have and you're a humble guy. But having the experiences that you've had, and we're going to talk about your leg and some of the stuff in a little bit, but having the experiences that you have as a tour player, as a winner on the Corn Ferry Tour, as a teammate of Tigers, an All-American at a phenomenal school like Stanford, that's a hell of a draw, man. It really is. Yeah, thank you. And I do sell it, but I sell it in a little bit of a different way. When I talk to the kids and and I tell them to come to Oregon to play for me, I, I tell them to come here not because I was so awesome. It's not like, hey, I played the tour. Woohoo! You know, you got to do what I did. It's like, no, it's like I felt like when I played the tour, I underachieved. Granted, I had a lot going on. Um, we can talk about that. I had some huge challenges, but I deeply felt like I left a lot out there. Like I didn't maximize my ability um, I really felt like I was capable of doing more. And so when I look back on my career, it's like, dang, I wish I, w- I, I wish I could have a do-over in a sense. And I wish if I did, I would have done A, B, and C differently, let's say. And so I sell these kids on that. Like, look, don't come to Oregon because I played the tour. Come because I tasted it and I should have done better and I know why and I'm not going to let you make those mistakes, you know it's a little bit of a flip on it. It's not like just rah, rah, come play. Cause I, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of guys that have had a cup of coffee out there and done it, but I really felt like being around the people I've been around, I've seen it. I know what it, I know what you need to do. And, and if I could do it again, I would do it this way. And so follow me kind of a deal. So that's sort of how it is. Well, for anybody that knows you, I mean, you're not, it's not like you're a negative person, but you're not a, you're not an overly, you're not going to go you know, overboard, you're not going to talk about yourself, but you're a very matter of fact. And the facts are the facts. And I think that's one of the things that I'm, I loved and, and respected about you. Let's talk a little bit about, I, I, gosh, I hate to even use this word, but this disability that you've dealt with yeah. your entire life. It, it could, because when I first met you, the f- overwhelming, you know, cause I knew your story, but the overwhelming uh, thought that I had in my mind is I'm like, this guy is a physical stud. I mean, you're strong as hell. The speed that you swing the golf club with, I could tell you were just a kid that played a lot of sports. Well, thank you. I 
Thank you. That's very kind. I, uh, I do love sports. I would have played football and basketball had I been able to. Um, but I, I was kind of forced, not forced in, but I was funneled into golf because it was the one sport I could play physically. And I, I do. I, I love it. I love being around it. I grew up going to all these sports or Oregon games with my father and brother and just I'm kind of a sports nut. And so it was it's been awesome that I've had an avenue and an outlet athletically. Um, and it's, it's been really fun. And, and, um, you know, there's part of me that dreams like what could have done if I would have had two healthy legs, you know, but it's also, this is my story. This is who I am. And, and, um, I did, I did the best I could in the sense of, I, I gave it hundred percent effort. Um, but I do, to my point earlier, I do dream about like, gosh, if I could do it over again, I'd like to, I'd like to do things differently. Cause I think you could be better if you learn what you've learned, you know? or if you could apply what you've learned. Um, so that's sort of my, my, my deal. And I, I, uh, I'm very grateful that I have an outlet that way, you know, athletically golf wise. So it's good. All right. So that's going to wrap up the first part of the Casey Martin interview, but don't go anywhere. We will be back with the back nine and the last half of Casey Martin. This is golf with Jay Delson. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension charity classic presented by Emerson is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour Champions Best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. I want to tell you about my friends and longtime supporters of this show, Marcone. Yes, they are incredible community stewards. Yes, they are the largest distributors of GE appliance parts in North America. What you don't know, they are spearheading, led by owner and St. Louis and Jim Sowers, a new service dog program with and in conjunction with David Faraday and the 24-7 Battle Buddy program. Jim and Marcone are ensuring that a minimum of two service dogs a year will get partnered with a veteran hero in need. These dogs are expertly trained, connected with their veteran master, and then magic starts to happen. These dogs are retrained to meet the specific needs of their warrior and to help them successfully navigate everyday life. You can learn more on Facebook at Troops First 24-7 Battle Buddies or reach out to me at j at jdelsingolf.com and I will fill you in on more of this program. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process, and when I was ready, one of their specially trained KVEST certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800-518-1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. 
to learn more about the game of golf, latest equipment, and golfing tips. Log on to jdelsinggolf.com. The Back Nine is presented by Pro-Am Golf. And we are headed to the Back Nine that is brought to you by our great friends at Pro-Am Golf. Guys, here's what you got to do. 314-647-8054. Call CJ and get fitted. Call CJ and get fitted. I had three calls this week, no lie, from people that are going to see CJ and get fitted. It's really a fun experience. You can look them up at ProAmGolfUSA.com. It will help a lot. It will help a lot. So go ahead, get fitted, call CJ, and uh, let's take your game to the next level. Guys, we're going back to the second half of this Casey Martin interview. It's one of my favorite interviews. I love this guy. I hope you enjoy it. So for the folks that don't know, Casey, you've got you've had this problem with circulation in your right leg. And when you turned pro, you actually had to sue the PGA Tour for the right to use one of these little carts to kind of allow you to try to compete because the ups and the downs of the hills and the the, the grind that it would have taken on your leg, it would have been, it could have been disastrous, yeah. I, I suppose, for lack of a better word. So I was born with a syndrome called Klippel Trenani syndrome, which doesn't mean anything to anybody, but basically the blood would go down into my right leg and the valves and the pump system that brings it back up didn't work in my right leg. And so the blood would pool and swell up. And so if I were to stand in front of you without a stocking that I wore, You could see my leg literally getting big from the blood engorging the leg. So I wore these really tight stockings, joke stockings that would keep my leg compressed, which gave it some level of comfort. And then I was able to be fairly active. The problem was, as that blood would pool in my lower leg, it would literally engorge in and around those bones. And so as I was really active as a kid and in college, those, those veins that were working right would bleed internally and that blood would just kind of be part of that bone and so in college i started getting these horrible pains in my shin and as we started taking x-rays they noticed like wow your bone is not looking very good and so if you put my legs my two legs on an x-ray my left leg my good leg would be really bright and vibrant white and my right leg my bad leg would be kind of look like camouflagey gray just swish cheesy almost and the doctors are like look this is not great obviously because if you step in a, in a hole or do something, you, this is going to break. Um, and they said, if it does break, it's not just like, hey, you broke your leg. It's like it's a serious, serious thing, both from bleeding out to um, just not healing. And so when I took a cart back, um, so when I was walking in college until my last couple of years as I was getting increased pain, my golf coach, there was a clause in the NC2A that if you're legally disabled, you could apply and use a cart, which I did. Um, and really it was my golf coach making me, I did not want to do it. I was dead set against it. Um, I was going to fight and do whatever I can. Uh, but my coach is like, no, we need you. And this is, I'm not watching you suffer. You're going to use this. So we kind of had this little battle. He won. Um, and so I rode. Um, and then when I turned professional, obviously it's a little different. Um, carts were allowed at Q school to make the tour. Right. And so I would use a cart every time I went to the qualifying tournament. Um, and then as my leg was really deteriorating, I was on my last leg, no pun intended. I was like, I don't know, this is it. I, this is my final Q school. 
Um, I'd been playing three years and had some success on the Hooters tour, but um, I needed to make it. I remember I shot 69 at Fort Ord, really tough course. Oh, yeah. To make it through uh, second stage to get to finals. And it just so happened that at this year in, in the Q school, carts weren't allowed at the finals. And I think there was a reason for that as I look back because I had petitioned the Hooters tour for a cart when I played out there. They didn't know what to do. They asked the PGA tour. The PGA tour says, don't do it. Open the can of worms. You can't go there. So I got rejected on the Hooters tour. The tour knew that that day was coming. They took carts away. And then here I am the next year at Q school, no cart. Um, and so I had an attorney friend. This is a long story. Tell me what if I got a. Oh my I gosh, it's fantastic. Cut. Please continue. Yeah. So um, I had this attorney friend, Bill Wiswall, who was a personal injury attorney in Eugene, but loved golf. I used to caddy for him. And he's like, look, there's this thing, the ADA, it applies to you. You need to do this because you have a talent to make it and you're not going to make it with your leg like this. So he was the one that said, I'll do this for you for free. Just let me help you. And he really pushed it and got an injunction um, for me at the final stage of Q school to use a cart. And this is when the story blew up. It was in the fall of 97. I won this injunction. I was given a cart. The tour didn't know what to do. They kind of opened up carts at Q school again. And just, they were probably scrambling, trying to figure it out. It went to a trial that next year. Um, and, and lo and behold, I won that lawsuit and i also won the first event on the what's now the corn ferry and so my story went from sort of a a hidden story to to front front and center um and uh, you know away we went so um that's sort of my story with my leg and the card and how that happened and and it was a long ordeal you know the tour appealed it went all the way to the supreme court and fortunately because of the ada was pretty clear uh, on the law there and it, it um the law was definitely on my side and and we were able to prevail despite um, having to go up against the tour, which is a really scary thing. You know, what's interesting, and, and folks, this is Golf with Jay Delsing, and I'm visiting with Casey Martin. Casey, what, what's interesting is he, I think of the word activist, and I think of knowing you and knowing your story and knowing what your heart wanted to do with your life and play and compete in sports. There's this shadow back there that you can't really deny that you've kind of opened this door for others to, to possibly follow a path that is really unconventional, really difficult. Yeah. And I don't know where you sit on that, but for me, <laughs> I think it's pretty damn cool. Well, thank you. I, uh, you know, looking back in hindsight, yeah, you know, my story is unique and, and I, I'm grateful in some, some ways for what I went through. When I was going through it, Jay, I, I and again, I've, I've shared this a little bit, but I viewed myself as an athlete, I saw other people, other kids, my teammates. I wanted to be just like them. I didn't want to be different. Yeah, my leg hurt. Yes, I limped, but you know, hey, let's go. Let's try to compete. And I never viewed myself as disabled. I just, you know, when I came up to a parking lot and there's disabled parking, I would never park there. I didn't think of it. Um, I never viewed myself that way. It was for other people. Deep down, I knew I had an issue, but I never identified with it. So when I was going through that and carrying the banner, um, it was a little difficult because I just, you know, it was a little bit uncomfortable at having now that I've gone through it, though, and 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 particularly now losing my leg. I, I, I'm so grateful for the ADA, for for people that have taken a stand because it really makes my life a lot easier now. I mean, it's um, and I, I mentioned this in the article that came out in Golf Digest, but 
now without a leg, when I go to a bathroom, like in a, in a hotel and there's, there's bars and there's, it's accommodated for someone with a disability. It means the world because it's really difficult without it. I mean, it is like dangerous to go do things when you're on one leg. Right. And so I, I think like, wow, a lot of people have gone before me and, and I'm very grateful for that. So in, in light of the cart, even though I was a little bit of reluctant, reluctant activist, um, I'm grateful it happened because it, it, it allowed for me and it, it set a precedent for people with disabilities that they can do it. And I think today, if I were going through it today, it'd be a lot easier, you know, with, with some of the um, social justice stuff we're dealing with. I think I'd have an easier time. But, you know, 25 years ago, it was a little different world and, and you had to fight for it. And, and uh, so it is, it is. It's what it was me and, and I'm grateful for it. So I'm thankful for but I'm also thankful for all the people that have. Uh, kind of set that ground stone for me, you know, um, in the sense of the ADA and some of those politicians that did that. You know, Casey, it doesn't surprise me at all that you're, you take the stand in the position that's an extremely positive position. It's easy from someone sitting in my chair who's not dealing with any of it, but from a mental standpoint, so you lost your leg and last October, they had to amputate it. You had fallen and you broke, unfortunately broke your leg. Take us through the mental, I mean, somewhere in the back of your mind, you probably had this fear that this could always happen or maybe one day would happen. And then it finally does happen. There's just so much to unpack. Yeah, there is. And thanks. I mean, I'll take you back a little bit. So I lived with the fear of breaking my leg all my career, all my life, really. Um, And it never happened, which is good until recently. But um so I retired from competitive golf in my mid thirties or so early thirties and took over the Oregon program. Um, and so I, I still played a lot of golf and I hit a lot of golf balls, but it's not nearly to the level as when you're competing, obviously. And so um, I kind of thought like, you know, my leg, it, it hasn't been great even as I gotten older, but you know, I've learned to manage it and I'm not competing. And so, you know, it, it might be doable. Maybe I get through life with this thing. So um and then as I was getting older, um, I kind of had this dream like, okay, I'm 50 and I'm still in decent shape. I still had a lot of speed on the golf course. And even though I wasn't competing a ton, um, I was still pretty good. Um, and I had, I'll tell you this and tell me um, if I need going too long. But no, absolutely. I this, please. I had this golf epiphany on the range one day, and this was about three years ago. Um, Phil Mickelson was talking, he was kind of in this goofy zone about talking about his total reset bet playing the British open and kind of using all these terms, having fun with it. And, and something stuck with me that I needed to do something like that. I, I would go to the range since I stopped playing competitively. I still love golf and I try to work on my game just cause I loved it. Um, and I would go work on three or four things in my swing every day, or I just kind of did it. And, and I reached a level where I shot pretty much the same thing. I, it was kind of boring and it was like I maxed out and I, I would work on my golf swing, but I would take video and it looked the same whether I worked on it or not. I couldn't tell any difference, even though in my mind I was grinding on these things. Right. And I just said, this, this is not, I can do better than this. And I had a total reset vision where I said, I'm going to try for one month if I can to play golf without any thought, no swing thought, nothing. I was just going to be an athlete. I was going to look at my target and just hit it there and literally quiet my mind. Um, instead of having all these thoughts about rotating or whatever in my golf swing, right? I was just going to shut it down and not think for one month and see what happens. Um, 
well, lo and behold, I had five weeks of the best golf of my life. I, I can't even really articulate how different it was other than it took me about two one hour range sessions to really clear my mind because I couldn't do it initially. I, my mind was just so active, like thinking about a zillion things, right? And I finally just forced myself to just like stand over the ball until my mind went quiet. And then I was just going to swing. And I was going to use my authentic swing, whatever it was, imperfect, whatever. I was just going to swing in silence and see what happens. And the first time I went and played, I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to do this. And it felt very uncomfortable. And I shot 63 from the tips at Eugene Country Club. I was playing with a couple of buddies of mine. They're like, dude, what? You know, What's up? <laughs> you need a hard, hard golf course, right? I just, and I, I told them what I was doing and I started doing it. And I did it for five weeks before my team showed up. I, it was the end of the summer. My team was showing up in September. So I spent all August playing golf, not thinking. And I went to Sand Hills in Nebraska with some donors. I didn't shoot over 69, maybe one or two times from the tips I did, but I never shot over par. I think I averaged, I kept tabs. I played 23 times and shot, had a scoring average of 67 from the tips at all these tough golf courses. And it was statistically different. Like when I would play, I was probably two shots better. And I remember thinking like, wow, I got to do this. This is game changer. You know, it's like, okay, I built my golf swing. It is what it is. I need to play golf. Um, And so I talked to my team about it. I was all gung ho about it because I could just, it was just different. I mean, had I played like that when I played the tour, I would have done way, way better, right? So this is when I'm, you know, 47 or almost 48. I'm thinking, okay, I got two years. I'm going for it. <laughs> so I was so exciting. I remember just that juice of like, I'm going to really, this is going to be my identity. This is what I'm going to do. And it's going to be my second chance, you know, one time doing it just when I was young, just trying to figure it out. Now at older, I was going to do it. So that was the dream. I was super excited. And then you kind of know the story. I went out to get my garbage and I fell and broke my leg. And um, mm. unfortunately, you know, um, those, uh, sorry. So those dreams kind of obviously took a back seat because I was um, bedridden for a month. And so it just now it's been, um, it took two years trying to get my leg to heal. So long story, sorry. Um, I walked out, get my garbage. I slip and fall and, and break my leg. And as I said, it wasn't the worst break in the world um, when you looked at it on x-ray, but my leg was so weak and it was so painful that I was literally bedridden. And I mean, it was it was difficult. It was the most pain I've ever experienced. And, and um, it persisted. So Plus, Casey, was it was life threatening, correct? They're yeah. not talking well, about, we're not talking about just losing. There's There's other ramifications yeah. that you do not want. For sure. And I was fortunate that it wasn't like a compound fracture. It was a, it, it, it broke, but it didn't shatter. Um, and so um, I, it wasn't life-threatening. Fortunately, had it really broke, it could have been. You're right. Um, so, but I'm, so I've spent the last two and a half years trying to get that thing to heal. Um, I did everything. I was in a brace. I was, you know, taking um, osteoporosis medicine injections. I was injecting myself every night with this medicine to try to get my bone to fill in and you know finally after two two and a half years the doctor's like look i'm sorry there's just there's zero healing it's not like 30 40 50 percent healed it's zero percent healed and i've been doing everything for two years and so you're like well i can't live like this and so obviously i made the decision to 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 amputate it It it's a tough decision but it really wasn't either because 
I, you don't want to live life with a fractured tibia that's broken all day because it's just like every step is torturous. Um, and so I did it. And in the back of my mind, Jay, it was like, okay, I've played essentially a version of a stack and tilt golf swing. Since right. I was 25. Um, I could do that with a, if I get a good prosthesis and I'm not in pain and I can stay on my left side, I mean, I can do this. And it was pretty exciting to me um, to think about the possibility of trying to compete or just trying to do whatever with a prosthesis. So anyway, I, I had it done in October, um, but I'm here to tell you, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not easy. Um, I, I, my story is I had my leg amputated October 15th. Um, I had some complications. Um, I was able to get my leg in mid January and try it. And I've been basically getting used to using this leg for the last five, six months. Um, it's been incredibly painful, um, to use it. Um, and that, uh, on a lot of different levels. And so that part's been a little, it's getting better and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel with it, but it, it hasn't been like, you just put your leg on and go. It's, it's, uh, my stump is incredibly, uh, sensitive in places and I've dealt with a lot of phantom pain and, and whatnot. It is getting better. Um, I'm getting better with my leg. Um, I'm hitting golf balls a couple times a week. The problem is it doesn't work very well for golf. And it's hard to explain because people are like, dude, you'll get through it. You'll get better. I'm like, look, it, it just doesn't work right. Um, and so, um, and the best way I can describe it is the leg, um, I don't have my knee. So I've got an auto box C leg um, micro compressor knee. It's amazing. But if it's bent, if my knee is, my right leg is bent and I build into that right side on my backswing, the leg collapses. The first time I swung, I fall, I fell over. Okay. And so um, I, they have a golf mode where the knee can lock at a certain angle. And so as you build into a right leg that's slightly bent, you, it won't bend more than that. And so you can build over your right side, if that makes sense. The problem is it doesn't release. So if you come down <laughs> into the ball, it's, it's frozen. It feels like someone is grabbing your right leg and tackling you as you're swinging. And there's no rotation through. You just, you just, you can't even finish it. You, you swing, it's like you're hitting a punch shot every shot because um, you just can't get through it. And I've been trying to do everything I can. Like I swing with my feet together and wide and put my right leg back and try to angle it different ways. But the bottom line is it just, it doesn't react like a normal leg. And so I'm trying to learn how to hit the ball. I actually can hit it solidly at times, but it's, it's low and it's, it, it's just, it's massively short compared to where it was. I mean, I've lost so much speed. You don't think your body, you know, I don't know. Your body adds a lot of speed as you rotate and your hips get out of it and your legs are driving. There's a lot of stored stretch and power there. And when that's not there and it's just your arms swinging, it's, you just don't have much pop. So um, that part's been really frustrating because I can kind of feel it. Like I go out there and I hit shots in the center of the face, but they just, they don't go very far. And, and it, and it's very difficult. I mean, even I haven't, I literally, for the Golf Digest article, I went and played four holes or five, whatever holes I played. That's it. That's all I played in eight months. I, I hit balls, but I'm just, I'm not ready. It's very painful and it's emotionally painful. So I just don't know my future. I mean, I'll probably be a recreational golfer, um, but it's just, it's, it's not what I had hoped. And, you know, it is what it is. So um, as I said, in my article, I'm, I'm, 
I, I my my dream that way to compete a little bit is is has faded and and now it's I'm I've always lived vicariously through my team, but it's it's more so now. My gosh, thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. This is Casey Martin, my friend, coach at the University of Oregon. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Casey, as we just wrap this up, I, I just really appreciate the honesty, the the um, the authenticity of that story. It's it's hard not to get emotional with you. And um, yeah. the only thing that comes to my mind, man, is I know you're a strong guy, both mentally and physically. And you know what? If there's anybody that can be the first one down the path and try to help these yeah. great technicians maybe develop something for that right side that can just get you enough stability, man. I know how fast you swing the club. I know how fast <laughs> you always whipped it about 25 yards past me. And it used to piss me <laughs> off all the time. And uh, yeah. I know you yeah, still you got lots of speed. Fairway. You were in the fairway and I was in the weeds. So um, that's why you had a good career, but yes, thank you. I did have speed back in my day and, I, I think it's still there, but it's 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 not coming out right now. <laughs> it's just pent up, buddy. We're just going to try to yeah. figure out a way to get it out of there, and I you're going to unleash it, and you're still going to be able to chip and putt like you did. And um, and and best of luck with the University of Oregon and just the whole story. We're here in the Midwest. We're fans of yours. We're uh, we appreciate what you've done for the game. The story, just you know, how to, this is such a cool, compelling story. Unfortunately, your life, and I know you've had a lot of pain and downs with it, but it's uplifting for us. Yeah, well, thank you. No, that means a lot, and and um, I appreciate. I, I, you know, people say I wouldn't change anything going back from the struggles. I mean, I would. There's a lot <laughs> of things I would change, um, but at the same time, I know you can't, and I accept it. And 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 you know, my faith is strong. God is good. He's going to get me through it. So um, you know, it's all good. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour Champions Best compete again, all for charity. 
September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screening on you as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Proper posture, alignment, etc. can help you keep your game right down the middle. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. I've been looking for over three years for the perfect place to be the official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show, and the search is over. Please welcome the Loading Dock to the show. What a great place it is. It is located at the confluence of the Mississippi and Illinois rivers in beautiful Grafton, Illinois. Their patio is killer with seating for over 800. And every weekend, the Loading Dock has the area's best live music. There's no reservations required. They have overnight lodging available. And they also have an ice skating rink in the winter months. And don't forget about the super cool Riverside Flea Market which happens the fourth weekend of each month from April through October. If you're into antiques and collectibles, you got to check it out. The Grafton Ferry runs directly from St. Charles County to within steps of our parking lot. Go check out the loading dock and say hello to my buddy, Peter Allen. He is a great guy, good golfer, and a lover of the game. Call 618-556-7951 or visit them on the web at graftonloadingdock.com. For more information on their live music schedule, the Riverside Flea Market, and more. The Loading Dock, the new official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Can hunker down, watch the, uh, the, the final round of the uh, U.S. Open at Brookline and enjoy the golf. And we will come back next week with more from Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit up straight, St. Louis. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name, but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson, you will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-8054. Ask for CJ, or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. Boy, is this housing market tight right now. Are you tired of having the second best bid on your dream home? Call my friend Joe Schieser at 314-628-2015. Joe's been helping my family and I for over 30 years. He closes millions of dollars of business every year, and he will help you understand the importance of a pre-approval letter, inspections, and pricing your home or your offer just right. If you need to buy or sell your home, Joe is your guy. 314 314- 628-2015. That's 314-628-2015. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? 
It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road, just behind the Strops. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to Wild Crush stl.com and come have one with us folks do you need a new car truck or suv then the dean team of kirkwood is the place for you to go 314-966-0303 and go see colin burke he just got me into a new suv and i love it boy did they make the experience painless and super super easy most dealers don't have any cars in their lots but at dean team of kirkwood Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about Jay and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jdelsinggolf.com.